Welcome to Working the Word with Jonathan Vorse. Join us now for service already in progress at Lakewood Church of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, uh, verses 9 and 10 says this, But as it is written, I have not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love Him, but God hath revealed them unto us by His Spirit, for the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you right now in Jesus' name and we thank you for your word, how it instructs us and when we apply it to our life, how it changes us. I pray that you would help me to be able to effectively communicate this word today. May our understanding be enlightened. May our hearts be open. May we be able to hear what the Spirit is saying to us. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. Amen. As it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love Him. Now I think the very first thing that probably comes to our mind when we read that passage of Scripture is heaven. We think about heaven. We think, yes, that's true. When we get to heaven, it's going to be mind-boggling. But I think that this passage of Scripture also talks about the day and age in which we live. Our eye has not seen and our ear has not heard and neither has it entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those that love Him even today. I am becoming more and more convinced the older I get and the more I live and the longer I'm in the ministry, which is turning the corner now around 40 years, I am becoming more and more convinced that the church, somebody say, that's me, That's me. The church is not living at their full potential. We're not receiving everything that Calvary paid for. We're not living at the full potential that God intended for us to live. Eye has not seen and ear has not heard and neither has it entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those that love Him. Verse number 10 says, But God has revealed them unto us by His Spirit, for the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. So here's what I found out through the years. I found out just get as close to God as you can. And when you get close to God and Holy Spirit begins to work inside of you, then the revelation of God in the wisdom and the knowledge of Him becomes to un- begins to unfold inside of you and you see things that you didn't see before. You feel things you didn't feel before. You experience things that you didn't experience before because you're getting closer to God. Now listen, you can't get close to God and Him not get on you. He's sticky. He's sticky. You get close to God and you're going to get His presence on you. You get close to God, you're going to get His anointing on you. You get close to God, you're going to get the things that Calvary paid for. So really all of this that I'm getting ready to teach you about divine healing is wrapped up in being close to God. It's wrapped up in the presence of God. It's pretty easy to seek His hand, but we need to seek His face. We need just to lay back like we did a little bit ago in Worship and just bask in His presence. Lord, I'm here. Not for anything you can do for me because you've already done everything for me that you can. 
Lord, I'm here just to enjoy you. Just to enjoy your presence. Just to enjoy being with you. One of those things that I think that the church has passed on is is healing. God wants us healed. You hear me? God wants us healed. Now let me rephrase that and you'll understand why later. God wants us to accept our healing. God wants us to accept our healing. Go to first, uh, actually, go to Isaiah chapter 53 and verse number 4. Now keep in mind that eye has not seen and ear has not heard and neither has it entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for them, him. But go to Isaiah chapter 53 and verse number 4. And here's what this passage of Scripture says. It says, Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. And verse number 5 says this, But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Did you know that healing and sickness are both found there in in verse 4 and verse number 5. In verse number 4, the Bible said, Surely He hath borne our griefs. The word grief in the Hebrew is translated C-H-O-L-I-Y, which means sickness. So the Bible said, Surely He hath borne our sickness. Now this same word in the Hebrew is translated in other verses as sickness 12 times. Disease, seven times. Grief, four times. And sick, singular, one time. One time. So when the Bible said, Surely He hath borne our griefs, what it's saying is that He bore our griefs. In actuality, He bore our sickness. He bore our spiritual sickness, which is sin. Sin is a willful transgression against the law of God. Sin is a separator between us and God. Sin is a separator between us and everything that Calvary paid for. Sin will separate you from God. When Jesus died on Calvary and provided for the atonement, the atonement to make us at one once again with God, when Jesus died on Calvary, then He solved the sin problem. In other words, he solved the separation from God problem. So when Jesus died on Calvary, he bore our sickness, spiritually speaking. And then he also bore our mental sickness, which is guilt and oppression and the enemy constantly warring against you, trying to defeat you and destroy you. And then the Bible teaches us that he bore our physical sicknesses and infirmities. Now we go on here, surely He hath borne our griefs, which we have established is the word, uh, I don't even know how to say it, but it's C-H-O-L-I-Y, which means sickness. So surely He hath borne our sickness. And then the next phrase says, and carried our sorrows. That word sorrows there in the Hebrew is the word makab, which means pain, sorrow, physical pain, or mental pain. So the Bible says that He bore our griefs and carried our pain. He carried our pain. That means He carried our sickness. He bore our sickness. He carried the symptom of our sickness, which would be pain. 
pain. And it's not just physical pain. The Bible speaks of it and it's translated out also mental pain. So God's Word teaches us that Jesus bore our pain. Some of the songs that we sing sometimes makes me wonder, do we really believe what the Word of God says? Because sometimes I look at the lyrics to those songs and it might be a popular song, but if it's not theologically correct and it's not a faith song, it doesn't matter how good the beat is or how wonderful it is, we don't need to be singing it. We need to sing something that we can come into agreement with God's Word on. And so the Bible teaches us here that He's borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. And then the next phrase says this, Yet... We did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. So, so what this is saying is when we see that he bore our sickness and carried our pain, then we're automatically thinking that God has struck him down, that he's smitten of God, and that God has caused affliction to come upon him. Now, if you look at verse number 5, now understand that the Bible was not written with chapters and verses like we have. It was written as epistles and books. So when we look at this and we look at verse number 5, we understand that it's just a continuation of what is being said here. So what he's saying is, you think that he was stricken and smitten of God and afflicted, but that, that's probably not true, because, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities, and the chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes, we are healed. We are healed. So did God put sickness on Jesus? No. When the presence of God left Jesus at the cross, Satan put sickness on Jesus. And Jesus conquered sickness and conquered disease. How do you know that? Because if God would have put it on him, when he conquered it, he would have been conquering God and not Satan. We've got to get our mind right. We've got to get our head screwed on straight. We've got to understand that the enemy wants to keep us sick. So he's going to twist our theology. The enemy wants to keep us full of disease and the enemy wants to defeat us and destroy us. But I'm here to blow the cover on the devil. I'm going to tell you right now that Satan came against Jesus, put sickness, put disease. God allowed it because his presence was lifted. But when Jesus cried, it is finished and gave up the ghost, all of those diseases and all of that sickness and all of that pain died. The power of it died. Now, how do you know that? Because the Bible says in verse number 5 there, Isaiah 53 and verse number 5, By His stripes ye are healed. Now, I've preached this and taught it to a lot of different people that are here today, but we have newer converts and new people, so I'm going to go ahead and teach it again because we want to get this DNA into the church. In 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 24, when Peter was quoting what the prophet Isaiah said when he was quoting that, he changed one word. That word is are, and he changed it to were. 
Isaiah 53 and verse number 5 says, By His stripes ye are healed. 1 Peter 2.24, the apostle says, By His stripes you were healed. What's the difference? Calvary's cross. Isaiah 53 and verse number 5 was looking toward the cross. 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse number 24 was looking back at the cross. So, Isaiah 53 and verse number 5 was looking at Calvary. 1 Peter 2.24 was looking back at the finished work of Calvary. I'm going to say something that's going to bend you theologically. It's going to stretch you. Are you ready? You ready for this phrase? God has already done everything He can do for you. Oh, but I believe He's going to heal me. He already did. I believe He's going to make me prosperous. He already did. I believe God's going to give me peace. He already did. He already did. Finished work. Finished work of Calvary. We look back at the cross. Then how come there's so many sick people in the world today? How come there's so many lost? Same God that saves is the same God that heals. Why can we believe that He'll save us, but we can't believe that He will heal us? Have you ever heard people say, if God's a healer, then how come there's so many sick people? Now let me, let me take you into the Scripture and show you something. You ready? And this is why I make statements like this. Why can you believe that'll save you and you don't believe that He'll heal you? This is why I make that statement. It's founded in Scripture. Romans chapter 10 and verse number 8 says this. And just let me say this before I read this passage of Scripture. The key to our manifestation is faith activation. The key to our manifestation is faith activation. Now listen, Romans 10 and 8. What saith it? The word is nigh thee. Even in thy mouth and in thy heart... Why is it in your mouth? Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. That's why David said, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against God. Was he going to sin through activity? No, he was going to sin through speaking. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. So the Bible says, The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. And then it goes on and it clarifies what that word is. It says, That is the word of faith which we preach, semicolon, so it's not the end of the thought, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised Him from the dead, thou shalt be, somebody shout it, saved. saved. Thou shalt be saved. Now, you make statements, Pastor. You make statements like this. You know, you, you believe that God will save me, but it's hard for people to believe that God will heal you. So I ask you to look up the word saved. The word saved there is the Greek word sozo. And that Greek word sozo, it's translated saved and healed. It's the same word. It's the same word. It's easy for us, isn't it? Because we have been conditioned, especially here in America, to go and win the lost, win the lost, win the lost. And there's a, lot of inf- there's a lot of influence with that. And there's a lot of push for that. And there's, there's a lot of interest in that. You know, win the lost at any cost. And, you know, 
win the lost and make disciples. And, and we're talking, win the lost, win the lost, win the lost, win the lost. And we want to do that, don't we? I mean, we always want to do that. We never want to get in a position where we're not winning lost people to Jesus. But according to this passage of Scripture, what if we put that much emphasis on healing? It's easy for us to believe that God will forgive us. It's easy for us to believe that Jesus died on Calvary and so I can give my life to Christ and He can wash my sin away and remove my sin as far as the east is from the west and and remember it against me. That's easy because we've been conditioned to believe that. But the same passage of Scripture, not just the same passage of Scripture, but the very same word that means saved also means healed. Sozo, to save, that is to deliver or protect, literally or figuratively, to heal, to preserve, to save self, to do well, or to be, or to make whole. So my answer to people when they say, if God's a healer, then how come there's so many sick people in the world? My answer to them is, if God's a savior, how come there's so many lost people in the world? See what I'm saying? Takes the same faith to be healed as it does to be saved. Pastor, and how come there's sickness in my body? I'm not going to act like I have all the answers, but I'm going to say it has to do with faith somewhere. And also, I think it's because we haven't focused that much on. Listen, look at the ministry of Jesus. Read it. Get in the Scripture. And we will over the next few weeks but because we're going to be talking about healing for a while. But get in the Scripture. What did Jesus do? He went, healed the sick, and preached the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That was His MO. What's an MO? That's His method of operation. That was exactly what He did. The signs, the wonders, and the miracles that Jesus did is what attracted the lost to Jesus. And then when the crowd got together, then the Bible uses statements like this, and He sat down and taught them things pertaining to the kingdom of heaven. So miracles are the calling card to the lost. If the church could ever get to the point where they could realize, I has not seen. And ear has not heard, and neither has it entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for them that love Him. If we could ever get to the point where we could say, You know, Lord, You said in the next verse that You would reveal these things to us by Your Spirit. So God, I realize that I am spirit, soul, and body, not body, soul, and spirit. We are first spirit, and then we are soul then we were about, Lord, I'm going to give myself to you and allow you to build my spirit. I want you to infuse my spirit with faith. I want you to infuse my spirit with the Word of God. Well, if we infuse our spirits with the Word of God, then faith comes because, because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So we've got to make up our minds. You know what? I'm not going to be satisfied being sick. I'm not going to be satisfied. I'm not going to accept this thing about, well, you know, it's the sovereignty of God. You know, God is sovereign and He just heals some and He doesn't heal some. Well, it looks that way, doesn't it? The problem with that statement is it is theologically incorrect. Jesus healed them all. So it's not a matter of 
Him healing some and not healing others. He's healed us all. It's a matter of us learning how to receive what Calvary paid for. To say that God heals some and doesn't heal others, so this is the cross that I have to bear, or this is the thorn that I have to carry. To say that is to say that God is a respecter of persons. And God's Word teaches us that God is no respecter of persons. Healing is provided for us in the atonement just like salvation is provided for us in the atonement. Peace is provided for us in the atonement just like deliverance is provided for us in the atonement. When Jesus gave His back to the smiters and 39 stripes came down upon His back, He was paying the price and the penalty so that you and I could live disease-free. Are you hearing me? Yes, pastor, but it doesn't make sense. It doesn't have to. This is faith talk. This is faith talk. The just live by faith. I don't have to understand everything in order to enjoy everything. I used this example in the first service. I don't know how to work on cars. I know a little bit, but I don't know how to work on cars. Furthermore, I don't want to know how to work on cars. I do not like working on cars. Oh, we're going to go rebuild that engine. Have at it. Let me know when I can jump in there, turn the key, and go down the road. That's what matters to me. I don't have time to fool around with an engine, but I'm thankful there are people that do. I don't have to know how the car works in order to enjoy the benefit of sitting down in that car and going down the road. I don't have to know how it works to enjoy it. And that's the same way with the things of God. We do not have to have all the answers in order to enjoy the benefits of living for the Lord. I don't have to know everything about healing in order to, be, to walk in, in divine health. I don't have to know everything about prosperity in order for the Lord to prosper me. I don't have to know everything about peace in order for God to put peace inside of me. No, 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 I don't have to do that. All I have to do is speak the word of faith, get it in my mouth, get it in my heart, and confess with my mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in my heart that God raised Him from the dead and I can be saved, which means that I am healed and I am saved. Matthew chapter 8, verses 16 through 17 says this, When the even was come, they brought unto Him many that were possessed with devils, and He cast out the spirits with His word, and He healed all that were sick that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, Himself took our infirmities and bare our sickness. Jesus bore our sins just like He bore our sickness. Jesus paid the price for us to be saved just like He paid the price for us to be healed. Jesus was sinless. Jesus was sickless. He was sinless. He was sick, sickless. He took our infirmities upon Him. He took them upon Him and He bore our infirmities and our sins on Calvary. So I think it's important for us to start paying more attention to the sacrifice that Jesus made on Calvary. Here's the bottom line. Jesus paid it all. He covered it all.
He covered my sins and removed them, washed me, made me clean. He paid so that I could be healed, that I could walk in health, that I could be whole. Jesus paid that. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says that we walk by faith and not by sight. I'm going to say it one more time here as I close. Jesus can do nothing more for you than He's already done. He's already provided salvation. He's already provided deliverance. He's already provided healing in the atonement. Everything that God can do for you, He's already done through Jesus. All that we have to do is say, Okay, Lord, I receive it. And that's what faith is all about. That's why we walk by faith and not by sight. So when I see the circumstances around me, when I see sickness around me, I know that that sickness did not come from God. It came from one of two places. It either came from Satan or too many cheeseburgers. That's the truth. That's the truth. Sometimes we do it to ourselves, don't we? But just because we do it to ourselves doesn't mean that He still can't heal us. He still can't set us free. Let's all stand. And we're going to get in the presence of God for just a few moments here. And we're going to ask the Lord to heal some people here today. Come on, let's worship Him. Come on, John. Thank you for joining us on Working the Word. For more information, go to our website at wwwsuncoast 4 and that's the number four, Jesus.tv. You may also write us at 12637 Pony Lane, Hudson, Florida, 34669. Or you may call us at 727-856-1770. Our office hours are Monday through Wednesday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Thursdays, 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. And remember, the word will work if you work the word.